We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which this podcast is recorded and produced, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, whose sovereignty was never ceded and this area's original name was Nam. We pay respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Damn! We're in a tight spot! Welcome to Music Town. My service you? Great Scott! It'll never be enough! I only want to hear you, I think Ah, as if! Dignity. Always dignity. You're listening to You Watched What? I'm Kate. And I'm Amy. We're sisters who love movies, talking about movies, gossip, scandal, and talking about gossip and scandal. Basically, yeah. Pretty much. (laughs) So each episode we're going to watch a movie that either maybe one of us has seen and wants the other to see, maybe neither of us have seen it, but we are keen to see it. We're going to talk about what we thought. There will be spoilers. And the scandal and gossip associated with um, some of the main players of that movie. Yeah, that's right. We love a little bit of gossip. We do. So, Kate, I thought we'd start with a little bit of a game, I guess, of telling each other and our new listeners, hi everyone, um, what our favourite comfort movies are. Now, a comfort movie to me is something that I like to watch when I'm not feeling well, when I'm sick, when I'm feeling down or sometimes I just want to put something on that I can have in the background yeah. that I've seen a hundred times that I can sit there and scroll on TikTok yeah. and know exactly what's going on and can check into the movie on the best bits. Well, basically, yeah, something that you love so much you can ignore it. That's right. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't matter what you miss. and, and, and no, Nothing is going to shock you or upset you and that's, and that's what you want. Yeah, so we've written our top 10. So do you want to go back from 10 to 1 and do it that way maybe? Well, I because I wrote 10, I actually have 11 because I have an honourable mention as well, which is a new one that I have just very recently added to my comfort watching list. Um, So I did 10 last night, which was actually really hard for me to contain it to 10. But I did 10 and then I went through and ordered them afterwards. Okay. My number 10 that I had, my, my, my number 10 was Prisoners. Oh. Um, the Jake Gyllenhaal and Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. And it has little Paul, Paul Dano. Dano. Yeah. 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 Now, it is a pretty heavy movie to have as a comfort movie. <laughs> Yes, you've shown me this movie and there's a lot of torture for a comfort movie. Yeah, it is pretty full on. But I do really, really like it. Yeah. And so and I think because I've seen it quite a few times now, it kind of goes into the comfort movie section for me because I'm not um shocked or traumatized by the things I'm seeing. <laughs> Which also massive true crime yeah. fan here, so it, it is a little bit entertaining that kind of stuff for me in a sick way, I guess. It's a macabre thing, but yeah, yeah. you can tell we were raised on true crime. Can't yes, you? we were. So <laughs> that's my number ten. 
My number nine is a great one from the 90s, Empire Records. Um, I think a lot of mine are from the 90s, actually. (laughs) But we were teens in the 90s and comfort movies and comfort shows come from the repeat watching and that – the, the, even if terrible things are happening, you know exactly what terrible things are happening when teenage your teenage years is when you do that passionate. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure we had Empire Records on VHS we at did. home, so it was it. one that was watched a lot. Number eight is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, yeah, which is just an all time favorite in our whole family. I've recently been able to show it to my three girls, who. Love it. They absolutely love it and they they all have their favourite. Oh, is Ted your favourite or is Bill your favourite? Who did you love when you were young mum? Kind of thing happening. Mm-hmm. So it is a it's I love that I've been able to pass it on to my kids and yeah. it's becoming a real comfort movie for them too, in a way. Mm, yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to butt in. That was my first choice, my number one comfort movie. We watched it we taped it off the TV and we watched it so much that when I watch it now, I can – I know where all of the ad breaks are. Oh, wow. In that, like, I, like, you're watching it and I know this is where they um, – <laughs> This is where we had to fast forward the ads. Yes. This is where it would cut for an ad break. Like, um, oh, I love that movie so much. I also love Bogus Journey. Yeah. Bogus Journey is wonderful. It is wonderful. It's not as great for me. I think Excellent Adventure is just next level – amazing Mm. to watch and so I was actually talking about um, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure yesterday with a girlfriend of mine and she was just like oh I should show it to my kids it's actually quite educational isn't it it and it really is you don't think of it in that way but it is quite educational it's how I learned how to say Socrates that's right But I did for a while think it was Socrates and I, I didn't know – Dad had to explain that that was the joke. That was the joke, um, yes. Yeah. And I've never been able to take Freud seriously. No. who and he shouldn't. Can. He's terrible. My number seven is What We Do in the Shadows. Oh. Uh, yes. It's an absolute masterpiece. Yes. And I was tossing up um, to put A Hunt for the Wilder People in as well. They're just – he – Taika is just a genius. Mm-hmm. He is an absolute genius and I can't wait to do quite a few of his movies you know for he, this podcast. You know he did a Thor movie. I'm going to make you watch a Thor oh, movie with do you your know boyfriend, what? Tom Hiddleston. Oh, do you know what? It is actually the only Marvel movie that I've seen. Oh, you've seen it. And I've seen it about five times. Well, it's I love it. I love it. It's, it's, it's just – it's amazing. It's really good. It's a, it's one of the few Marvel movies and we will talk about this more and we probably will do Marvel movies, but they very much have a house style and then when they hire a director like Taika who has has their very own um, visual style but also like has an auteur's vision in his movies, mm. like his movies have his character in them. I did wonder, oh, are they going – is this going to work? Is he going to be allowed to make a Taika movie or is this going to be a watered down? Yeah. No, no I think I think he did a really good job yeah. of of making it yeah. his own and, and it worked. And well, it worked for me. Watch. I watched a Marvel movie. Yeah. so I know. I loved it. It's super good. It is very rewatchable. And Chris Hemsworth is really funny. Yes, he is. Yes. And but we're should... talking about Thor now and Sorry. not what we did. Do in the shadows. Okay, also. But Hunt for the Wilder People, very much a 
beautiful movie where terrible, sad things yeah. happen. And it maintains a lightness. Uh, yeah, it does. And there's, you still find moments of humour yeah. in it. He, yeah. Yeah, he's masterful at that. And he's, he's so good at, at being able to um, make you have one-liners with your friends. Yes. And like I know with my husband, we often have one-liners. We actually have a running joke here at our house. We have a possum who hisses at us through the window. He sits <laughs> up in a tree and can look through our window. We've got a quite high window and he can look through our window at nighttime watching us watch TV and he hisses at us and he goes, <laughs> and so we've named him Peter <laughs> from what we do in the shadows because he hisses like Peter. Yeah. So um, it's just the, yeah. the jokes that you can get out of it is just amazing. Yeah, it's and it's so always nice. fun when you have a joke from it and someone gets it and you're just like, oh, you're my people. Yep. You're yeah. my people. So love. my number six was one from our childhood, which I didn't really love when I was a child. And it wasn't until really the last kind of five years of making my kids watch it that I've like just like oh I didn't appreciate this like I should have when I was younger it's Indiana Jones and the <gasps> Temple of Doom oh yeah look love all the indie movies um Last Crusade was the first one I was old enough to see in the cinema I don't think you were old enough to see in the cinema no I, I was oh, there no, we I saw there. that yeah. yeah and that is pretty great Temple of Doom I think is what made me a horror fan mm. because I was just old enough I think I think it was PG I do think when we saw it at home as children, we were too young, but I loved it. Yeah, and my kids were too young when we showed it to them too. <laughs> but I was – because I remember being just old enough to understand that they didn't rip a guy's heart out of his chest, but uh-huh. I did not understand how they did it. It looked so realistic. It has been quite heartbreaking to go back and look at it and go, no, I know exactly how they did that and it doesn't actually look realistic because – to a seven-year-old, mm. it was incredible special effects. Yeah, Kalimah. My number five is Strictly Ballroom. <gasps> this is such a good list. Oh, uh, yeah, it is a great list. Now, I shouldn't be shocked. I know you have good taste. Oh, uh, Strictly Ballroom, I saw twice in the, the movies. I remember being dragged along by our parents and I did not want to go. I thought it sounded so daggy. I was so in love with Scott Hastings and I also wanted to somehow, as I think I was like eight maybe at the time, I also wanted to somehow be Shirley Hastings, who is Scott's mum. I wanted, and still now as a dance teacher, I try, I just want to be her basically (laughs) with my um, leotards and unitards and crazy earrings and I just I, – and her eyeshadow, I, oh, I loved her. I thought she was so, so glamorous and yeah. such a great movie. Now, I have a dance school and we were lucky enough a couple of years ago to have a flamenco teacher come out and do our summer school. And me and my business partner were extremely excited when we brought up Strictly Ballroom and about the flamenco in that and for her to tell us – that she had learnt her craft from the man in Strictly Ballroom, whose name I should have written his name down. But um, so we were the re- Paso yeah, Doble the Pasta Doble oh. dad, Fran's dad, was actually her flamenco teacher. So you can imagine we were beside ourselves. 
But Strictly Ballroom, another fun fact in my family, Strictly Ballroom is our traditional Mother's Day movie that I make the girls watch with me on Mother's Day. I love how traditions in our family are all phrased as a thing that one of us forces the others to do. Yeah, (laughs) basically. Number four is Clueless. (gasps) Now, and I love – and a lot of these have become – Movies that I really, really loved and adored but have become comfort movies because I have shown them to my children and my Mm. children love them too. And so them discovering the movies and, you know, what what it's like when you're a kid, if you find something that you love, you watch it again and again and again. So Clueless is one that has been on in our house quite a bit in the the last year. Um, My eldest daughter has a Clueless T-shirt that she loves they love it when they hear people say as if and they're, 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 they're really getting into, you know, trying to, to do that kind of, oh, totally bugging and stuff like that around the house. So it is, it's a great movie mm. for us at yeah. home at the moment. I and was. it kind of got us through um, lockdown and the pandemic really. It was a little ray of sunshine for us to put Clueless on. It's just so fun. And, yeah, it came out – I was exactly the age of the characters when it came out and so it was – yeah. Perfect. It was. It was perfect and it was perfect. The fashion was – I remember already loving the tartan yeah. look and having tartan pinafores and wearing long socks and for then Clueless to come out and mirror what I was loving to wear anyway was amazing. So good. Okay, top three. Woo! Number three, Baz Luhrmann again, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, also a movie that came out at exactly the right time to imprint on young Leo. Claire Danes mm. is so good. Yeah. His over-the-top visual style doesn't work for everyone, but for this it was because Shakespeare should be heightened. Mm. It was came out the same year that we were studying Shakespeare in school for me. Mm. Um, and I know that I saw this at the movies maybe two or three times with different groups of girlfriends. And I think it was the first time that I was really in love with a movie star. I think Leo was the first time that I kind of was just like, oh, I loved him. And I bought a massive poster of him from this movie um, at Target. Remember you used to go to Target and they had all the big posters and you could yes. flick through them. So I'd bought a picture of him sitting kind of in the amphitheatre on the beach smoking. <gasps> yes. And so I'd bought this big poster and our mum took it to her school. She was a teacher and took it to her school and laminated it for me. <gasps> and I had it on my wall for years, I think. But it was the first time that I really felt like he's amazing. I love this this man. <laughs> yes. No, fully get it. Number two for me is Donnie Darko. Yes. Now, I never got to see this at the movies and I think you were the one that made me watch it. And yes. I watched it. I remember watching it in our lounge room. It was you, me and our dad. And we watched it and it's weird. It finished I- and then dad instantly put it on again mm. and yeah. the only other time that I've done dad I've been in in the presence of when my father's done that is fight club yeah so that was kind of one of the movies that you're kind of like oh it's really interesting but I don't quite really know what's going on and I need to watch it again so I watch it with my my knowledge that I have of it now so I can watch it again and know what's going on yeah I saw that in the cinema 
two or three times. It was only on at the Nova after the film festival. A friend had seen it at the film festival and had dragged a bunch of us along, um, just not telling us anything but saying, this is mind-bending and I think you're going to love it. I did. And, yeah, you, I immediately wanted to rewatch it because you – you learn so much. It, oh mm. God, it's so weird. It's so weird. Yeah, so that's definitely one that I love putting on. But that's one that I, mm. I I put it down on the comfort list. But it is – I don't know if it's so much of a comfort movie for me as more of that it is just one of my favourite movies because yeah. it is one that I don't put on particularly when I'm feeling stressed or anxious or unwell or um, one that I put on just as background noise. It's mm. one that I put on to actively watch. Yeah. And love and do the dances for um, Sparkle Sparkle Nation, is it called? Sparkle, sparkle Motion. Sparkle Motion. I doubt your commitment to Sparkle Motion. <laughs> yeah. A friend? Well, I got the name wrong, so yeah. <sighs> yes, but number one, I'm sure Kate can guess what my number one is. Is it Mary Poppins? It is Mary Poppins. I was starting to worry. It was like, where, where is Mary <laughs> on this list? It's my all-time favourite yeah. movie. It's like I've got an all-time favourite song that has never changed since childhood and that is Take On Me by AHA and Mary Poppins is that in film form for me. It will. I'd, I cannot imagine anything ever taking the mantle of of that. Like it's, mm. it's my all-time favourite. It's perfect. Um, I love Julie Andrews. I love every single song. I love the costumes. And I was really scared going to see Mary Poppins Returns because I was quite nervous of what they were going to do to it. But, God, I loved that too. And that's Mm. probably in my top 20 movies. It's almost as good and I think that is the best that they could possibly achieve because, yeah, the original Mary Poppins is basically flawless. It is – one, it is perfect. Yeah. It is one of those perfect um, movies. And it is kind of perfect as a musical. Mm. My honourable mention is a movie that I only saw for the very first time last year. And it was while I was cutting out patterns for costumes. <laughs> and it's Pretty Woman. You hadn't seen I hadn't seen it. I'd seen bits Ever? and pieces. I'd seen bits and pieces from when it had been on TV, I think. But I hadn't watched it. Um, and I, I don't even know why I put it on, but I put it on while I was cutting costumes and I, it was about a year ago and throughout the last year, I've kind of gone like, oh, I really want to watch Pretty Woman again. Oh, Mm. I really liked it. I really want to watch it again. And then literally a couple of days ago, I was cutting out costumes. I think it was last Sunday, actually. I was cutting out costumes again, cutting out some patterns and I was like, oh, I need to put Pretty Woman on because this is – I need to relive the moment of sitting on my lounge room floor cutting out velour and watching Pretty Woman. So I did. And that's when I kind of went, yeah, this – it actually now feels like a comfort movie to me even though yeah. I've only seen it twice. But yeah. I loved it. Julia Roberts so charming and beautiful. Oh, she's so beautiful she in it. She is luminous. What have you been watching this week, Kate? Okay. I finally sat down and watched WandaVision. Yes. I have been, I've like, on purpose decided I didn't want to watch it until at least a few episodes had aired. I was a little worried that it that I wasn't going to like it or that it was 
that it was going to be disappointing in some way. I was worried that it was going to set some stuff up and then pay off in a really frustrating way. Okay. I'm not fully sure that they stuck the landing, but I did really enjoy mm. it. Um, as a as a kid who grew up watching a lot of old sitcoms and contemporary sitcoms, that w- the 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 framing device was so much fun. Yeah, it really was. Mm. See, I, and like I'd said before, I'm not a Marvel. I'm not really into the Marvel. I, I live with people who are obsessed with Marvel movies and want to rewatch the whole things now that they've seen WandaVision. And I kind of went in seeing Thor, that, mm-hmm. one, that one Thor movie that to me is a standalone Thor movie. Um, well, and then I went in watching this and it didn't – I didn't feel like I really needed to know too much, which yeah. was good, which was a little bit – there was a few things that I kind of already knew about because I actually have seen – the most recent Spider-Man movie too, actually. Okay. Um, because it has Jake in, Gyllenhaal in it. Because it has Jake Gyllenhaal in it. Um, so I've seen that one. And so from that, I knew about the blip. Yes. So that part made sense to me. And I think that was probably the biggest thing that if you didn't know yeah. about that, it might have been a bit more confusing. Yeah. But that had already been explained to me yeah. at the, when I was watching the Spider-Man movie. So – Elizabeth Olsen's ability to mimic um, the the different styles of yeah, she acting. was amazing. It was so it was such great nostalgia um, yeah. watching it because straight away I was like, oh, this is bewitched, and yep. like I was saying to my girls, oh, this is bewitched, and we um, had to pause and then get on YouTube so I could show them yeah um, the original bewitched intro and be like, see, this is what we used to watch after school, and we loved her, and and. Um, it was great then with the new each episode kind of ha- having that couple of minutes of like going, okay, what is this house set up like now? Yeah. I, I want it to be full, um, full house but it's not and is it growing pains? No, I think it's who's the boss kind mm. of thing. I loved that side of things. Yeah, yeah. The um, the Just the, the way that they adapted the environment and their performances and the music and everything – to fit that framing device was was really clever and really well executed. Yeah, it was. And um, and I and, and I the Marvel it. stuff was like good. The, yeah. the Marvel stuff worked. For it me. worked oh, for me. The last couple of episodes, yeah, kind of were a bit like because oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's turned into a real superhero show. But it was yeah. still enjoyable, and I still shed a little tear at the very end. So it did its mm. job for me. It, it, it you know it got some emotions happening even though I wasn't like fully into it by that stage. Yeah. Um, but it, so oh, it yeah. worked. It did its job. It was good. I really enjoyed it. Well, we've been watching Superstore on Netflix at in at night time. It's just a very easy watch. I know I've told you a couple of times to pop it on. It's one that I found. It takes a couple of episodes to get into mm. but we're kind of right into season three now and – we know all the characters. We yep. know their quirks. We love them. So it's um it's actually a really good good show. That's on Netflix. And guilty to say this, but this week I've been watching Maths. Oh. I have never watched Maths before, but uh, this is Australian Married at First Sight. Australian Married at First Sight, and 
I'm watching it and I'm loving it. I am I'm ashamed to say I'm loving the drama. It's it's just crazy. It's just crazy and I've got it's actually really um I thought it would be quite stress I have I've never watched it before because of I have anxiety and I thought seeing things played out would really trigger my anxiety and really make me feel quite stressed. A whole show about putting people in extremely awkward, anxiety-inducing situations. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it actually hasn't. It's actually (laughs) – it's actually – I put it up there with – and, like, it's funny that I felt that way about maths because I am a big Real Housewives um, fan and I love Vanderpump Rules and all of that kind of – watching people have made up fights <laughs> and or fights where producers have told them certain things that have induced a fight that yeah. may not have happened otherwise. And so I love that. So it's not surprising that I'm quite enjoying maths. I also um, love just looking at these men and thinking, oh, <laughs> what are you thinking? Why? How have you gotten to be 32 and this is how you – speak to women Mm. really what's going on guys come on you wanted that shirt the first day you were here can you give it to me when you go so this week's movie is a movie that um i think i brought to the table i had seen it a couple times before but amy had not seen it i hadn't seen it and it's been on my list but i think to what i'm gonna love about this podcast and doing this kind of assignments with you, I guess, Kate, <laughs> is that when um, – because you, you've studied film. Yeah. I haven't. So when you were watching quite highbrow great films, I was watching Anchorman over and over again. Hey, and hey, um, Anchorman is very An American fun. Pie and things like that in my late teen, early 20 years. And then I kind of had a gap where I kind of really was more interested in going to shows and seeing bands and things. So I didn't, you know, my punk emo years. So I didn't really watch a lot of movies for a period of time. And then I had kids and I basically watched Disney princess movies Mm. for years. Now that's kind of transitioned a little bit into watching Disney teen movies, mm. um, but that's kind of what's on. So I'm loving that there's there's a whole heap of movies that I've always kind of wanted to watch, yep. but I haven't. Haven't, yeah. As a student, yep, uh, studied, did cinema studies at university, had lots of friends who were doing cinema studies, and it was an amazing scam to get to watch uh, free movies. It was so good. The feeling of going into the first week, this is before we had um, digital readings. Readings were like physically photocopied huge books that would mm-hmm. um, give you back problems. But you would go to the first um, screening and you would not know what movie you were going to see. And that is extremely exciting. Yeah. When it's good. That is how I saw Taxi Driver. Okay, see, I haven't I've never seen Taxi yeah, Driver. and... I was like 18. I had never seen it. I had only legally been old enough to like rent it for four or five months. And and we will tell the stories of all of the R-rated movies I immediately rented as soon as I turned 18 and watched with you, with 
Mm-hmm. Train spotting, was, um, I think, was the very first. Boogie nights, one. boogie nights, yes. memorable. Um, but yeah, seeing Taxi Driver without knowing I was about to see Taxi Driver was pretty exciting. Seeing Independence Day, not knowing I was going to see Independence <laughs> Day, not as exciting. <laughs> wasn't as thrilled. Like I see a lot of the movies that I see in the cinema. You know, R.I.P. Cinema. Mm, <laughs> yeah. At the for film now, festival. for now, yeah. at the Melbourne International Film Festival, um, which is where I saw "Call Me by Your Name" in, yes. I think, twenty seventeen, and I think one of the reasons it had such an impact on me was July, and it was freezing, and it's usually uh, freezing. A thing about the film festival that I kind of enjoy is that you're queuing outside a cinema, and you are in all of the layers. And you're freezing your tits off and then you go inside the cinema, peel off all of your layers, sit under a big pile of your own coats with a bunch of strangers and this movie is set in northern Italy in summer and it has this incredible, languid, gorgeous vibe. Yeah, it's just beautiful Mm. to see. It really – that first struck me when I first put it on that – it reminded me of Normal People that I watched oh. last year. I think I watched that on – I think that's on Stan, Normal – I think it's Normal People. The series and they're the Irish. The series and they're Irish. Yeah, I haven't yeah. watched it. Yeah. It's really lovely. And there's only one episode and they're at a villa in Italy. And as soon as it came on, I was just like, oh, this vibe again. Because I remember watching that episode and feeling so – and it was in winter time that I was watching it and mm. feeling so warm and comforted and just like, oh, wow, it looks beautiful and all the fruit. And so yeah, that instantly up- it brought mm. me to a place where I already felt um, really yeah. comforted and warm and yeah, this happy. Sen- yeah, the sense of place that's created really, really quickly in that film and just that languid, um, oh, it's gorgeous. I did recommend this extremely gay movie to our mother um, because I thought she would enjoy it. And what she said to me after she'd seen it was, yes, she did She did like it and it reminded her of her childhood. And I did immediately ask follow-up questions. I'm like, what, <laughs> what about what part this? Of your childhood? And it, was, and it was that sense of summer days going on for ever yeah. and just and, and some are feeling like it went forever when you yeah. were a child and, and I, I think too it, it is different it's, this is set in 1987 87? I think the the oh, the, book, sure. the book is now I did look this up I did some research guys Thank you, I did. the book is set in 1987 the movie is set in 1983 which was a decision that was made because by 87 the AIDS crisis was really kicking yeah. off and in full swing and they didn't want it placed around there. They didn't want to have the AIDS crisis really kind of being playing into the story mm. for the movie. So and I think that they does, said it in 83 yeah. instead. The first time I saw it, I did spend – I was quite tense for I think the first half of the movie because I wasn't quite sure when it was and I yeah. wasn't quite sure where it was going. Is this going to be – is this relationship going to happen? Is this going to be bad? Are they going to be bad for each other? Is this is this what is this movie? Is this a, like is this a beautiful romantic sad movie? Yeah. Or is this or is a is something bad going to happen to the characters? Yeah. And well, yeah. Seeing uh, I, 
me watching it now and not really knowing too much about the movie but knowing enough to know that that wasn't going to be the case. Yeah. So I didn't have that feeling watching it. I kind of knew where it was – Yeah. I knew where it was going. Um, Romantic so, drama yeah. is how I just described it to the children. Yeah. So it's it's really – it was it was – I kind of – I felt it was a really beautiful, mm. beautiful film. Yeah. In general. Yeah. It gave me lots of um, – nostalgia kind of things like just even little stuff where he was sitting on a bed and I noticed his friendship bracelets oh the little touches too and the costuming super 80s and gorgeous the chambre the on dem- denim yeah the high waist which is all kind of the men just walking now. around without their shirts on all the time you don't mm. doesn't really happen as much these days but in I know in the 80s all the guys would just be walking down the street with their shirt off in, yes. in summer and their thongs and their shorts. Yeah, so I, yes. I loved it. So seeing these friendship bands and things just because we've been making friendship bands lately at home because they're kind of making a bit of a comeback. You know how everything makes a bit of a comeback in the schoolyard? So yep. friend, Pokemon cards and friendship bands seem to be the thing at the moment. Um, so we've been making friendship bands. So to see the friendship bands and be like, Oh, he's got his friendship bands on. Mm. He's really young still. It made yes. me kind of go, he's really young. And this is, I think that was about the point where I looked up how old these characters yes. were. Be- how old are they in the books? Because I, in my notes, I have some maths that I did because I got, I think, uh, I'm not going to say his name correctly, but Timothy Chalamet is really well cast and he looks, he would have been about 21 when they mm-hmm. were filming because yeah. like, that was the part that I researched. Yeah. And I think he looks – so he's 17 He's 17 in the, in the film, yes. And he looks about 17. Like yeah. Probably on the older side. But, yeah, he is gangly enough to yeah, get away with it. Yeah, he really is in that uh, age bracket of where he could be 17 yeah. or 22. Yeah. Like, yeah, definitely. And Army Hammer is an extremely charming – film star and he is very good in this movie but this is this is the complaint i have every time they do a hamlet i think he's too old yeah he i would thought have he been was too 30 old 30 when they filmed how old is the character supposed he's to be? 24 the character's meant to be 24 so see that was the maths i did because i actually sat down and went okay so if you start a four-year degree in the u.s and you're 17 or 18 you did a you do a four-year degree and then if you go straight into your phd he it would probably be a couple years in at least he's writing his thesis two or three years so he'd be about 24. I yeah, was right. So you were right. He does not look 24. No, he doesn't look 24. And that's what I think kind of makes it seem a little bit. This was my discomfort watching oh, the movie the first it's time. not quite right. And that's why yes. I looked up their ages. Now, because that was, that was my the discomfort, age gap I think. In, the age gap in the movie, I can't have a problem with it all because I'm seven years older than my husband. And I forgot that this. I forgot about that. I don't know if I could have been twenty four and with a seventeen year old. It just feels a little bit yeah, yeah. to me. Yeah, and it didn't when I was watching the movie, but afterwards thinking about that age gap and thinking of friends I had in high school who were going out with boys who were older. It was it was not good. Mm. Yeah, it just. And I think it felt more so because 
of the actual age difference of the actors as yes. well and, and how they look. Because Arnie Hammer, I'd seen him not – I don't know if it was filmed before or after this, but he was in um, Nocturnal Animals, the film by Tom Ford. Yes. Um, and he <laughs> plays – an older man in that, like he played, he probably played someone older than himself. He would have pl- been about thirty playing it, I would say. But mm. I would say that he was playing someone who was thirty five, thirty seven, yeah, kind of in it. So I don't know the timelines of when things were filmed, but I feel they were around about the same time. I would guess. And so it's hard to. He and he's an older looking. He's tall. He's broad. broad he's quite hairy. He's uh, yeah. He's hairy. He's a man. A bit, yes, he's, he's very manly. Yeah, man. he's a manly man. Um, so I found it a little bit hard to mm. take that he was twenty four. He just doesn't look twenty four. Like no. I fully get why. Golden God, you know. Oliver shows up in Italy and mm. you're you're hot for him. I get it. But he Yeah, he, he does some pretty he does some pretty great dancing to Love My Way. Oh the, look, which the was soundtrack, pretty great. The soundtrack is so good and I actually bought it um and listened to it on the regular because it is a beautiful mix of those classical pieces and those really quite contemporary classical mm-hmm. pieces and Love My Way. Um, such a great song. Such a great song. And some Giorgio Moroder. Oh, God. It's a really good soundtrack. And, again, it worked really well to keep yeah. that sense of place. That was at a point of the movie where all the scenes were still really short and sharp. Yes. So, which I really loved how they did that. That, that It was just kind of like, here's a character set up. He's a, he's a snippet of... An interaction, a character moment. Yeah, yeah, little stuff like play the piano for us, Elio, and he kind of gets up and he does, you, you know, a couple of chords, like a tiny yeah. little bit and then he's in bed and then he's rolling over in bed and that's the – you hear someone else come into a room and shut a door and then we're in the next scene. Mm. It was just – I really liked how it was so short and sharp but it really showed us a lot about the characters. Yes. It was done really, really well. And then as the movie goes on, our scenes get longer. And I think it was at the point um, where they go on like a little day trip together. They get on their bikes yes. and they go on a day trip and Alio takes um, Oliver to his secret place. His own little private pool, which is, yeah, beautiful. It's a... Um, the scenery is just mesmerising, really. And that's kind of when we start to get these long um, interactions, scenes and interactions out. and actual storyline really happening. Yeah. And this was – so I watched it again this week. This was my third viewing. Um, I really feel for that character. She really – she does get messed around. Um, oh, she, she does. She specifically says, you know, I think you could hurt oh, – I can't remember. I didn't write down the line. But I think you could hurt me and I don't want to be hurt. And then he does. Then he He's does. He's pretty crap, I yeah. think. He's pretty crap. But I. Oh, it's so interesting yeah. because it was such an interesting movie to watch because I could really relate with her as mm. a character yeah. and, and stuff that's happened to me. 
when I was a teenage girl um, with boys. Yeah. And basically exactly that kind yep. of crap happening. But I could yeah. I could really also feel um, Alio's almost infatuation because when you are young, yep. when you are 17, 18, 19, when you do meet someone, you do kind of fall a little bit hard and it's not really love it's kind of infatuation yeah. and it's kind of and I think they played that he well Tim, Timothy yes. played that so well that yeah. you could feel that 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 was happening that real that yeah the infatuation the obsessive yeah. nature the time spent apart if you're apart for like hours everything can change everything yes. can change in a few hours it and I yeah. felt his performance was really quite relatable to me as a teenage girl. <laughs> oh, no. I, I, yes, I think I can forgive his character for being a jerk mostly because he is 17 and he's going through these incredibly intense feelings for the first time and you, love makes you do stupid yeah. things. But I've also been in that girl's shoes yeah. to where you are completely hurt by this person. Um. But you still love them enough that you you're less like, well, let's be friends. Yeah, I've been in that situation, so I can completely understand why she was doing it. Whether it w- it's the right thing to do for yourself emotionally or not, probably not. But I can I can understand why she did it, and I it was so this movie their relationships were just so relatable to mm. me. It felt yeah, it felt very real. Like yes, the other character I can really relate to is the dad. Yeah, he was a beautiful person. Michael Stahlberg's performance is spectacular. Both, both of the parents were just yes. oh, you want them to be your parents if you were queer and exploring things, mm. and your parents kind of clued on. You want them to be your parents. Yes, they were. They don't have a lot of screen time, but. As characters, that they were spectacular. They are so warm, and I love that we get to see both um, Elio being kind of a sulky teen and mm-hmm. having sharp—well, not super sharp words, but some sharp words and and some parenting happening. Mm-hmm. But also seeing how close they are. That scene um, where his mom is reading to them all. Is, yeah, it, yeah. It this, was just beautiful. Yeah. It was beautiful to see and it was beautiful to see it with a son yes. because that isn't, you know, put on the screen enough that we hug our sons. You, it's normal to yes. to treat them as you would your daughters where I feel it's much more normalised for us to hug our daughters and lay on the couch as a family with our daughters. So it was beautiful to see that yes. in a family with a son. Non – well, masculinity as complex and the opposite of toxic masculinity basically just as an antidote to toxic masculinity this movie was great it was great now can we just jump ahead a little bit to the peach scene oh god so my my first thoughts on the peach scene when I was watching it and I had a little giggle I was just like so this is the highbrow version of American Pie yes we're basically seeing (laughs) How yes. to artistically do American Pie. <laughs> yes. Um, I want to remind you that I saw that scene twice in cinemas with um, other humans. Um, <laughs> and both times oh, I go to a lot of film festival movies on my own mostly because I just um, 
it's very hard to schedule with other people and I'm quite happy to go on my own. So, yeah, the first time I saw that scene was yeah, in a room of strangers and I was kind of relieved that it was a room of strangers. Um, and we were all and you weren't sitting next to your mother. I was <laughs> sitting next to my mother um, like I was sitting between um, our mother and our grandmother when we saw there's something about Mary. Oh. Yes. I don't think I was there for that. I saw that with some girlfriends, so I don't think I was there for that. I don't know why you were there for that. Why did I see that movie in the cinema with my mum and my grandma? And probably my dad was on the other side. I don't know. Regret. So, yeah, basically it's a lot easier to see a really horny scene like that with strangers. Um, But you become very aware of your own body in the cinema with strangers when something like that is happening on screen because you don't want to look like you're enjoying it too much (laughs) like I guess you're allowed to be you're allowed to enjoy it but I do not like want anyone to think my hands are going anywhere you know (laughs) hands are up guys hands are up guys like (laughs) yeah but it was so good oh god no I had it was and it was so good and it was just at a part that I I've got my I've got some notes here about um I'd written just before I wrote about the peach scene, I'd written that Elio is seeming to be so much more comfortable with his sexuality than Oliver. Yes. And that was so amazing to see that this young person was so much more in touch with his sexuality. And I don't know. We get a little bit of that from Oliver. Sorry. A little bit from Oliver. And here's here's a question that I want to pose to you. I felt that Elio was probably more bisexual and that Oliver is gay and as we find out spoiler towards the end he's going to be a closeted gay man because he's choosing to to get married yeah a year after they've had this beautiful love affair with someone who he had been on and off with so he had had a relationship with before he went to Italy yeah and he – so, yeah, there's a couple of moments where he mentions his parents – can't remember if it's in that scene at the end Yeah, that he not. just couldn't do it to his pa- – it was something about his parents so, that there, w- there was just no way that he would be able to do that with his parents. Yeah. Um, where Alio, I fe- feel – They both parents, they know. Yeah, and, and I feel that the way he was with his girlfriend mm. – Super horny. Yeah, and that's like why was I was just that. like, he was into that. So I kind of got the vibe that he is bi. Yes. And so is his dad. Loves everything. Yeah, and so is his dad. Yes, that was and also it was the vibe also I got from that. just fine and normal. And I, yeah, and he was much more comfortable with himself and yes. being like that, even though he fell in love with Oliver, I yes. think. And that's the significant di- difference that it was love. We get that beautiful speech from his dad about, oh, and I cried um, watching mm. it again the third time. I cried in the cinema the first time. Yeah. But that whole speech about not cutting yourself off from those feelings of, of grief and loss so that you don't diminish yourself. Oh. oh, I know. It was just beautiful. And that's what I mean when I see when I see stuff like that and as a parent and I see things like that, mm. I just kind of go, yes, that it, that's how you need to do it. Take note, Amy. This is 
if you're ever in a situation like this, this is the supportive parent that you need to be. Yeah. This is how you do it. Mm. It was it was beautiful. It's lovely to get a movie that has a healthy family relationship, um, supportive, lovely, loving parents who really like each other's company. Who like we, we see them on screen a lot together, and their comfort as a unit mm. um, is one of the things that I that I do really love about this movie. Yeah. And Michael Stahlberg coming out the end, there being you know kind of a daggy dad the whole time, and you sort of. Only towards the end, I really think, okay, yeah, no, he he does know what's going on here. Yeah. And then comes out there with, with what felt like, you know, in award season, this is the clip they're going to show. Mm. Um, that that part was spectacular. I do really like this movie. Yeah, I loved it. I really loved it. And I, um, I being that I've only seen it the once and just a few days ago, mm. I saw it fully after the Army Hammer um, <laughs> scandals that have happened. Now, you've seen it twice before. I saw it twice be- before. Twice before Army Hammer's name has been tainted. And once again, after, did you have different feelings towards Army? Because I'm, I've discovered something about myself, Kate, over this Army Hammer um, debacle. Are you a cannibal? <laughs> yes, I'm a cannibal. No. I have discovered that the first thing I did when uh, I when I read that Army Hammer was being called a cannibal and and this and that had happened, the very first thing I did was watch Rebecca oh. his movie <laughs> about killing his ex wife, and I I was quite comfortable watching that and thinking yeah oh he plays that so well and then in the back of my head thinking yeah he probably not much acting having to go on here um because the recent gossip is that he was a pretty terrible husband and is and I'm look um look he has kinks he's into tying women up he is also into if you find allegedly sending messages about wanting to cut people's toes off and carry them around and uh cook their ribs and eat them so which is allegedly these are things that he hasn't confirmed. He hasn't he confirmed. But look, I believe the women who have been in relationships with him who have come forward and said that he is not a good partner, he is not good with consent. And that's the thing that. When, that well, when is you've got a okay. number of past girlfriends come out and say that they have PTSD now and yeah. are seeking trauma counselling. Uh, something's going on there in yeah something's happening yeah it's not and it's not good no he but I the thing I really discovered about myself by watching this movie is that I am quite good at separating their real life from what I'm watching and I find that a lot harder it was a different experience watching this film I did still enjoy it I felt and I still think that the strongest performance in the film is um, Timothy, Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. yeah, and it's 100%. his film. It I is mean, his film, and he's just uh, amazing yeah. in it. He's spectacular. It's fr- it's from his point of view. He is in almost every scene. Yes. Um, 
And I and I never because I don't think I've seen him. Oh, I've seen him in Lady Bird. Yeah, but I didn't really pay attention. I didn't really realize it was him. Mm. I guess, and I didn't movie. really get the big oh Timothy Chalamet. Oh, that that, that, that you know all the Gen Zs are loving him. No, he's, and he's, I didn't really get it. But then watching this, I'm like, oh yeah, I I get it. You're I, yeah, you've got something there, and you're so freaking talented. Yeah, I get it. In a way that it's like, oh, he's this generation's Leo in Romeo and Juliet. Yes. He's – I'd have – so you're saying that I would have a huge poster laminated yes. of Timothy Chalamet on yes, my wall. <laughs> I, prob- oh, I probably would too. I um, – that my, my takeaway – one of my takeaways from seeing the film the first time was he's very cute and pretty and he – is way too young for me to really find him attractive. Yes. But if I were 20, I would be crushing on him very hard. Big time. Yeah. Big time. And it's, yeah, it's a funny, it's funny you've made the comparison between Leo and Timothy because I think they were built very, very similar back in um, Leo's Romeo and Juliet days. Yes, gangly. Gangly, yeah, floppy hair, skinny, a bit, a little bit scrawny even. Um, Which works really well for him playing um, quite a young character. Yes. In this. Like, oh, well, and Romeo is very young too. True. Yeah, I find it a little bit harder to separate um, the performer from the performance when mm. um, when the information you have about that yeah. performer is, is, is so dramatic and, well, and is, is, is of a really nasty nature. I think that's the yeah. thing. Oliver is kind and gentle and sweet in this in a way that it's really kind of hard to reconcile yeah that's very true there were there was a scene where I think they had made love the night before or that afternoon yep and then they went back to the house and there was this weird dynamic happening of oh are you gonna you're gonna regret this or are Mm. you gonna hold this against me and yeah it kind of came out of obviously self-hate I think um it kind of came out of nowhere, though, for me and I. And you know, Alio mm. was taken aback, and then Oliver undid his pants and kind of started giving oh, yeah. him a blowjob, and then stopped and said, "Well, that's promising because you got hard," and then closed the doors and walked off. And that was the point where I kind of went, "Oh, that seems like an army hammer kind of move." <laughs> that was probably the one time that I kind of went, "Oh." I wonder if Army ad libbed that or, or whether whose idea was that because that kind of seems like something from what we've heard. Mm. And I do my little rabbit's ears when I say that. What we've heard about Army Hammer, yeah. that kind of seems something that someone of that nature would do and not real. It was a bit shocking to see Oliver, the character, do that. Doing power games. Yes. yes. When. And everybody go and read the um, May edition Vanity Fair article about the Hammer family. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. Um, it spills all the tea. Tea is everywhere. Tea <laughs> is, I mean, look, rich people are not like the rest of us. No. At all. This, this story has everything. It has communism. It has Stalin and Lenin, I think, as well. Sex it has chairs. Sex chairs. Oil money. Mm. Um, fundamentalist Christians. Weird tattoos. The Cayman Islands. 
we're not going to mention, but feel free to go to TikTok and uh, the hashtag Army Hammer will give you quite a bit of insight on just how far these rumours yeah, go. Content warning for really yeah. horrible And I remember stuff. it was a f- last week at some point that I discovered that hashtag and I said to you, Kate, like I'd seen some stuff and I'm pretty, you know, and we're really into true crime and we've heard we listen to true crime podcasts where where things can get quite graphic and uh, but some of these uh, alleged messages that he sent kind of made my stomach turn. So just if you're interested, go and have a look. If you don't want to know, don't look. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah, yeah. Basically, basically, Army Hammer's gross, guys. Yeah. <laughs> You can watch Call Me By Your Name on Netflix. It's rated M. Or I did discover when I um, searched it up on my Apple TV that it is available on SBS On Demand currently. Oh, nice. What is going to be our next movie? Well, do you want to pick it or do you want me to pick it? And then everyone can watch it along with us. Would you like me to pick? Sure. I have a list from my list. Now, I don't want to mention ones that I've already spoken about today because a lot of mine on my list were my comfort movies because I just want to watch stuff that I've seen before. We're having a pandemic. I have not watched a lot of new content in the last year because I have wanted comfort and I have wanted the certainty of of knowing what's going to happen and and that it's all going to turn out okay. Mm. Yeah. which is, I guess, also great when there's like a remake or an adaptation. Like I knew what was going to happen in Rebecca. I think next week we should watch Black Swan. Ooh. Have you seen Black Swan before? No. Awesome. Well, I'm basically just indulging myself because it's a ballet movie. Yes, you are the ballet nerd of the family. A hundred percent. So, and it's such a great movie. There's... Dances that I will recognise in the back that I'll be distracted by. Mm. Um, so I've got lots of little facts up my sleeve about things for this movie. Cool. And it is available in Australia to stream on Disney Plus um, or you can rent or buy on Apple TV, YouTube and Amazon. Or you can watch it on DVD like I will be. Oh, awesome. I'm excited. All right. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.